Hi, I'm Sakita Holly. I am an award-winning publicist and entrepreneur obsessed with transforming brands, and I am dedicated to sharing everything that I've learned along the way to help you win at work, in business, and everywhere in between. On this podcast, you will have direct, unfiltered access to your favorite creatives, entrepreneurs, and executives, and the methods that have made both them and myself successful. This is the Sakita Method. To live tweet this episode, use the hashtag the Sakita Method and be sure to tag me at Miss Success, that's M I S S Success, on both Instagram and Twitter. Today's guest is Ron Robinson. Ron is a beauty industry veteran with more than 20 years in the game, working as a cosmetic chemist for some of the top beauty brands and firms in the world, including Revlon and Estee Lauder's Clinique. In 2008, driven by widespread consumer confusion around beauty and skincare products that he, in part, was tasked with creating, he launched BeautyStat.com to provide unbiased, expert, and consumer product recommendations, reviews, and targeted advice on which products work best for addressing specific skincare needs. Over the last decade, BeautyStat became a leading industry voice and resource for thousands of loyal readers, contributors, and beauty industry insiders. If you asked Ron a little over a year ago if the world needed another skincare brand, he would have emphatically told you no, (laughs) since he has seen pretty much every skincare ingredient, formulation, and technology under the sun or so he thought. After a chance meeting with a former beauty industry colleague who showed him a new technology that made vitamin C and beauty products more stable, thus increasing both its potency and shelf life, Ron was so impressed after testing the innovation for a few weeks that he decided to bring it to market and Beauty Stack Cosmetics was born. In no time, all of the major beauty publications have named BeautyStat's Universal C Skin Refiner the best vitamin C serum available. And now with a moisturizer and eye cream added to the product range, he's just getting started. Welcome to the show, Ron. Oh, so thank you so much for that intro, Sakina. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I am thrilled to have you. I have to start uh, the interview off this way with just a question about how you're feeling. You know, obviously... The last few weeks have been tough on a lot of people of color mm-hmm. and people, people not of color, but especially those of color. And I, 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 I'm, I have to tell you, it's been exhausting emotionally. That's how I describe it. For the yeah. fact that I've been sad about obviously what's happened and angry about why this, is, this type of injustice has happened. And at the same time, we've been getting a lot of press and product sales because of consumers flocking and, and feeling like, hey, how come I didn't recognize or pay attention uh, to beauty stat in the first place? So that's that's been my my emotional roller coaster for the past few weeks. Fortunately, I'm better now, and that's mission now is to also give back and help others, uh, and and that's how we're met, being able to manage and get through this by supporting other businesses of color and raising raising them up and bring awareness to them. For sure. And I can totally relate to that emotional roller coaster. I think everyone is on that. But if you are a Black person, you feel it on a more visceral level. Um, And speaking of giving back, that was the perfect segue because you did something for me that I don't even think you realize. So I want to go back to talk about how we met, which was back in 2011. I had already launched my PR firm, but I was also freelance writing about the beauty industry and was invited to a Murad press dinner. And you happened to be my seatmate. <laughs> I was actually seated between you and Felicia Walker of This That Beauty. Yes. Uh, we, we stayed in touch afterwards. We developed a rapport. And then you did something that changed the trajectory of my business. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sakia, I do not. I'm dying to know what, what that is. <laughs> you referred me to Sean Tollerson. Yes who at the time was the CMO of Cream of Nature, and they were looking for a PR firm. They flew me in for the pitch. I didn't get the gig. 
But I made such an impression on Sean that a year later, she called me in to pitch for the Lotta Body rebrand business. We won that business. We did a great job. And that account started my firm on the journey to becoming one of the top regarded beauty PR firms for legacy beauty brands. And to date, we've worked with Lotta Body, African Pride, and most recently, Lester's Pink. But you got me in the door with that referral. Sakita, I'm, I'm almost in tears just uh, being thankful for, for being able to, to do that. And that's what I want to continue doing because it's that type of introduction. It's giving people access and, and connecting that I think can elevate all communities, especially those of color. For sure. And what's interesting to me and something that I always thought about is that You know, we developed the rapport, we would talk here and there, we would share resources, interesting articles and things like that. But when you made this referral, you didn't really know the track record of my firm at the time. But you had to feel like, okay, you know, obviously Sean is just as revered in industry as you are, but on the hair care side, and obviously your word or referral would be taken, you know, very seriously because of just your standing in the industry. Why did you take that chance on me? Uh, You certainly, you presented yourself with that you had the credentials, that you could do it and that you, you were uh, capable and you had uh, the skill set to deliver results for a big or small brand, any brand. So that's why. And, and I didn't, that, you know, obviously we, we all engage with people and we get a, a good feel about and be able to read people. And that was my, in my short time meeting with you, that's what I took away from me. And I felt 100% comfortable in making such an introduction. Wow. And I, I'm really eternally grateful to you for that because it, you know, at the time I, I had beauty clients and I was working with other, you know, smaller or startup brands, but that level of access, just passing my name along and giving me a shot. I, of course, had to prove myself once I got there, but that changed the trajectory of my career. I do not want to understate that. And I'm, I'm just grateful to you. And I want to bring this back to you. And is there anyone who took that kind of a chance on you early in your career to help you get started in the beauty industry? I think there, there, there are a few. Some, some of them have become advisors uh, to of my B-set business today. Uh, they are the ones that's, that saw me 10 years ago when I first started a beauty set in its original form, which was in, which was a blog and agency, and believe, believed in me then, and they're still with me today. So uh, the, you know, again, that's us making sure that we, we, we network and that we present ourselves in a way that we can get people. We could, you know, get people that can help us and that can uh, help give us that 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 edge, that introduction, that trust and belief in us that can help us get to the next level. And that's what I want to always continue to give back and give that because people have given me that chance. I want I want to uh, to give that back as well. And I, th- I think you do a great job of that, um, just in how you communicate. You're always giving away resources. You're always giving away information. And I, you mentioned something about, you know, networking and how we can elevate ourselves and each other. And there are a lot of people who approach networking from a very transactional standpoint, where it's like, oh, Ron is this like big wig guy in the industry. I need to get close to him so he can, you know, help me. But it was more for us, it's like, how can you add value? So what do you say to someone who is looking to advance in their career and they need to rethink how they network? What's one piece of advice you would give to them? You can't look at it from a transactional standpoint because you at that time might not have anything to offer another person, but Mm -hmm. it comes back. If they help you, if I help someone, it's going, to, it's going to come back. That karma, that, that energy is going to come back to them. So that's why you, you can't look at it that way. What you can do is to put yourself in a position where you can, people are more willing to help you, show the effort, do your homework, be as, be as, be as smart as you can be. Know what you don't know and be, and be clear about it. Don't pretend that you don't and, and say, listen, hey, 
I'm stuck here. I would love, I would love, to, you know, I get people that want to develop their own product lines and they, they, they need some coaching advice on who to talk to in terms of vendors and et cetera. And, and I make the time, I carve out time to give, to see how I can help, help someone because it will come back. Right. So my next question is as a chemist, you could have worked in so many different industries. What made you choose the beauty industry? Was it happenstance or was it more strategic? I think what, what happened is that I fell into it. I, I grew up of, of parents were of Caribbean descent. They were from Barbados and they moved to uh, moved to New York City back in the 50s, mm-hmm. late 50s. And at the time, a respected profession for for kids to grow up and, and to become was was either a doctor or a lawyer. Right. And we, me, me and my brothers tended tended to be more science oriented, so uh, we were basically pushed into becoming doctors. So I went to med school uh, because my my two other brothers went to med school and became doctors, and. I didn't know what I what else I wanted to do, so I followed that. I ended up in med school, and after a year, I dropped out. It wasn't for me. And it, it was after sending out a bunch of resumes did I finally land a job with Clinique, a division of the Estee Lauder companies, and no experience. All, all I had was a chemistry degree. Wow. I had no, no direct experience working on formulating cosmetics, but... One of one of my early mentors took a chance on me. Saw that I had potential. I wanted to learn. That I was very interested and fascinated by beauty, and took a chance on me. And that's another a, a person that I thank to this day mm-hmm. for giving me the shot and giving me introducing me to beauty. So that's how I fell fell into it. Wow. And here you are 20 plus years later, (laughs) still, still in the industry. So a a lot of people want to work in beauty, you know, thanks to social media, like beauty is at the forefront of everything that we see, whether it's beautiful images. And then we, we dig deeper and we're like, how can I be a part of this? But they only focus on roles that are the most visible, like marketing, brand management, social media, or influencer engagement. In addition to cosmetic chemistry what other behind the scenes roles in the beauty space should people consider there's so many it's the same functions that any other business has whether it's accounting supply chain whether it's legal mm-hmm. whether it's it's uh, it's customer service they're all, all functions that happen in all types of, of consumer product businesses are, 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 in, are in beauty. And even the, the chemist, that was not even something that was, uh, it's become a little bit more uh, sexy now, but back mm-hmm. then, even, even the chemist, that was about, that was a, you know, very much behind the scenes. There weren't even chemists like stepping forward and, you know, there were no chemist founded brands. Mm. And now the chemist has become elevated as the, as the, as another expert that people should take notice of, aside from dermatologists and plastic mm-hmm. and estheticians. So, so the, my recommendation is if you're not inclined to marketing or in, of course, even sales, of course, mm-hmm. you know, sales is another hugely important function in the industry as well that translates into all, all consumer product businesses. That's another opportunity for, uh, for people to get into. So I don't know if I answered your question. Mm-hmm. But, but I think there's, there's, there's a ton of opportunity. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. And a lot of, a lot, a lot of consumer, a lot of those folks, they like working in beauty. So you could do, you could do legal or accounting work for any type of company, but there, you know, some gravitate. They like, they like working with beauty because it might be a product they relate to. Mm. And when you're working on accounting and, 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 and balance sheets and, 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 and working on accounts receivable, they, they prefer to do it in an industry that they relate to and where they use the product. So there's yeah, a that lot makes of, a lot of sense. Yep. 
So what would you say the most fascinating part of your job as a cosmetic chemist was or, or is? Yeah, so, so one of the things is that as a chemist, you're, you're really working for, you're an extension of what marketing is wanting to put on the market. Mm-hmm. And your function serves to service the needs of the marketing department because they serve the consumer, what the consumers actually want. So it, it really comes down to them briefing the, their chemist as to, okay, so we've done a market analysis and we see that there's an opportunity in developing a new vitamin C serum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that vitamin C serums are, they are, consumers are looking for them, for, for those products is the ingredient. People are searching more online for vitamin C serums. So brand XYZ marketing team may say, listen, we want our chemists to develop a, a new vitamin C serum. And it has these attributes. It looks, feels like this. It may have some other ingredients. And really we get a profile, basically, a written profile describing mm-hmm. what the needs are of that product, how much that, what the cost guidelines are. So we know how much you know, raw materials, what type of ingredients we can put in and how much. And we're given a timetable of when they want it developed and to launch. So that's how the chemist role works or fits into a beauty company in terms of what they do. They are basically working for marketing for, for the marketing team or for the wow. senior team in terms of how of where where the of what what they want developed and when. That's a really interesting insight. What would you say are like the typical timetable for from the brief to a product um, developing being developed? Depending on the complexity, it could be anywhere from nine months. In some cases, it could be very short, six months if it's if it's not very complex to many years. Wow. Okay. And that depends again how. How much research, how much development is, is, is going to be involved? Is it, is it a truly, is it a new, new type of product or is it a variation on an, an, on an existing? And right. that, that'll dictate how the, the, the timetable. Right. And I, I love that you mentioned the variation on an existing product because before I got into the beauty space, I didn't realize how prevalent the variations are and how one formula can create so many different product ranges or product lines um, just with tweaking ingredients here or there for a different effect. And I think sometimes consumers, if they knew that, and I think this is what you did with beauty studs, like, uh, you know, removing the curtain <laughs> on yes. the industry and like saying, here is what you need to know about the products to make it easier for, for them to shop. But that was a, that was an interesting um, insight. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's the way it works. And, and keep in mind, we, we all in the industry, we look at what the competition is doing. So mm-hmm. I can go buy, I can go into Sephora and if I, if I'm launching my vitamin C serum and, and, and Sephora, I can go in and see what the other vitamin C serums at Sephora look like. I can look at their ingredients. I could go and make, I could make, try and make their product and duplicate what they've done as well. Mm-hmm. And then I could use that or I could use that their product as a basis for my new product. There is no, the, the ingredients used, there's nothing proprietary about using those, using similar ingredients in most cases, unless, mm-hmm. the, unless, unless you're us and you have patents. Come on now, <laughs> and, 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 then, and then and then and then you can't. But yes, but in most cases, you're free, and you, and obviously you you're very familiar with dupes. Of course, of course. So, and a lot of influencers and bloggers continue to talk about dupes because they yeah. can, they look at the ingredients and say, oh, this has same same similar ingredients as this one. Here's a lower price option, and that's right? A, or that's similar pigments and things pigments, like that. Very much so in shape, and. The difference is in perhaps in the quality of the ingredients. We don't know mm-hmm. ex- you don't you don't know exactly where you know where one is sourced and where the other is. So that right. that change that changes it. The levels you don't know exactly the levels. You can approximate it, but it's like 
it's like baking a cake and having a recipe. Right. You may not, you may be able to see, oh, this has a little bit of that, but you don't know exactly. So you, it's hard to necessarily duplicate completely if you can get close though. And, and then there's the magic of how you put it together. What other, mm. what else is in it? And that's, right. that's, that's the beauty, that's the beauty of the industry is that it is, it's the, the blend and synergy and the chemist's ability to put the right ingredients together in the right way that make that can create the magic that that maybe others cannot duplicate. So that's what's that's what's special about the chemist. Mm, that that is super insightful. And I want to get into you transitioning out of that role. Um, in 2008, arguably at the beginning of social media becoming the dominant communications medium we know it to be today, you saw a need and an opportunity to create a platform that educated confused consumers about beauty products. Can you talk through your thought process around launching beautystat.com in its original form? Yes, thank you. That What happened there is that I saw the, the social media movement Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something we, we've never seen before. We went from from people dealing face to face to now spending time online and connecting and forming groups online. So the original concept for Beauty Stat was to be that connecting place online for people that were beauty enthusiasts and wanted to connect with beauty experts like myself. And at the time, it was no one, no one did that. No one had that beauty community type of of platform yet so that was that was the mission of beauty set and launched to a great fanfare and readers lots of engagement etc and then what happened brands started flocking to us because we Mm -hmm. started to grow our social media presence you know growing you know 20,000 facebook fans and at the time that was a huge deal Unheard of, and, especially organically. Yeah. Organic. Oh, and the engagement. This is before Facebook started to to limit how much engagement you had. We there was t- we had the good old days. Oh. Yes, the good old days when consumers would wake up and like what you know what is beauty stat talking today? Because we we would open up our questions to, hey, is are are you you know is this a makeup day or not? Is this a good hair day or not? And people mm-hmm. were venting. They would throw throw out their comments and share. And it was just a, really a magical time in social media. And Beauty Set later evolved to becoming an influencer agency as well, mm-hmm. where we partnered with lots of different influencers on different platforms. And brands would, would work with us in terms of getting their content, their products reviewed, and we'd manage their influencer content for them. And what's interesting about your story, um, as I've read about it from knowing you and then, you know, watching it and listening to you now is that you've always been just a step above the curve, a step above, uh, a step ahead of the crowd. Like, was it easy for you to leave your job as a chemist or, you know, were you burnt out or was it just, you just saw the opportunity and the evolution happening and you knew you had to jump on it? Yeah, great questions, Sakita. I, I think what happened is that I am, by nature, I like to develop new. So, mm. so when I, I just happened to start to start with developing cosmetics and beauty products, and then move my development on to moving to developing online products and online platforms. So that's the common thread. And did I burn out? I, I felt I felt the need to develop something new someplace mm. else, not mm. not in, not in the laboratory any longer. So that's that is what made me make the move. Ooh. And you know, as you come now, as I come now, I've almost come for full circle now. Yes, <laughs> you're back. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, developing products for other brands, developing a, an online platform, and now I'm back developing products, but for my own brand. Right. Yeah. And, and I love I love that you mentioned that pull of needing to develop something new. I think a lot of us get that feeling and it kind of eats away at us. But sometimes we're too afraid, especially if we are successful in our career as you were. Um, a lot of us are too afraid to jump ship and pursue 
that new thing? What advice would you give to all of us? Because I am in that number. <laughs> it, it, a couple things. Have have some support outside, and and you know, of course, having financial support is great. Have some have have some emotional support because it is a tough tough ride to do it on your own. Yeah. It's, it is, it'll be the most challenging thing in your life and it will be the most fulfilling at the same time. And I say that to Ooh. this day, to this day, because you will be able to say, however small it is, that you, this is yours. You did this. You did this. And your colleagues that are working for other big companies and bringing in a what they think might be, you know, a, a regular guaranteed paycheck. Yes. They are going to be so envious of you because you are doing you. You're doing your own thing and it's for you. What the if you are not an employee. You what you are putting in is what is 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 putting is is creating something that's for you in your future. And you talked, there's, there's a couple things I want to touch on. You talked about, the, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast, the, it's like the, that book, the best of times and the worst of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, when you're in those lows of entrepreneurship, the loneliness, how it uh, affects your mental health, you talked about support, which is so crucial. How do you navigate those trying times, those moments of doubt or fear, or even now with what's going on, uncertainty? How do you navigate that? You, you need a support system. You need people that you can you can talk to. Best if the, best if they are are other entrepreneurs that are that are facing similar struggles. But it could be someone else that just really knows you and can be honest with you, meaning that. They'll tell you whether you are, are. They're going to tell you the truth. They're, just, yes. they're not. They're, they're not. They're not going to 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 lie to you. They're going to tell you whether or not you're being too hard, or you you you're not working hard hard enough. You could you could you could see if you could do do more better. And right. I think that's 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 the support system you need. You need that. You need that place. Those people that know your journey and then understand that you are you're in debt you you know you're taking a chance on on doing this and that they can they can be there to listen to you because it's very very tough and as i said tough and also the most fulfilling thing uh i i agree like that is that's something i tell everyone it's like you hear the stories but until you're in it and it gets rough (laughs) you really just don't even understand um just how that can play on your psyche but i want to know as you were building and growing beautystat.com what were some major challenges or obstacles you faced just on the business front cash flow (laughs) so yeah i i had I had some really decent, uh, big clients when I was starting because, you know, I, ca- I came, you know, I came from working for a lot of the brands. So some of my initial clients were my former colleagues mm. and they were working at big brands. Well, big brands, you think they have, they have big budgets and they're paying on time? No. You know, <laughs> net 30, net 60. I had one client that was net 90. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A major beauty brand yes was paying people net 90 i had to work with them to change that because i had to say listen i'm a small business right I cash flow is king it's key that so i've been there missing rent Mm. so we talk about stress (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's so that's what it comes to you 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 have other contractors that you're trying to pay and Mm. they might be in a similar situation they can't wait so, so you're you're waiting ninety days, sixty days from a big then from a big client, and then you've got to pay your other people. Yeah. You can't pay them ninety days. So you have to you have to get they, you know they need their money you know two weeks, one week, or that day. <laughs> so so right. that's that's the key. Cash flow, cash is king. It's critical. That's the one thing that's got to be under control. It's very tough. 
uh, from businesses. And that's, that's, the, that's the thing that really is the tough thing for people deciding whether or not they can do this is can you manage it from a cash flow perspective? Because you have, you have to out, you have to, you have to put out a lot of things. You have to put out cash first. If you're buy ingredients, components, packaging, cartons, mm. all that stuff. So and, yeah, I can relate to you on the, you know, missing rent or having to figure out, okay, what bills am I going to pay and prioritize this month because I can't afford them all. And there are people listening to this that may stop what they're doing. I didn't stop no matter how hard it got. I mean, I may have cried for day 40 days and 40 nights straight, <laughs> but you know, I, I, for whatever crazy reason I kept going and you kept going, what, what made you push forward even in spite of those hard times? It goes back to weighing out what I rather build something for someone else and get mm. get what you think might be this guarantee because nothing's guaranteed you have big you have, you have big you know you have big executives at big companies and they find themselves at, at, out of work yeah they may have a better safety cushion cushion than others but so there's nothing guaranteed especially now we're get we're working in, in, in you know this is a new this is a new world for us right now yes and though Cash and cash flow and the risk involved. The beauty right now is that there are a lot of business, you know, these types of business, they're easier to start because in some cases, you know, putting a website up, not much money. And there are things you can do to try to, you know, the cost of entry is lower for a lot of things because of, of things like that. Of, of, Websites, social media, those are tools that you can use that a lot of them are, 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 are free. So, or, or, or low cost. So after 11 years building one of the industry's preeminent resources, you've evolved once more with the creation of Beauty Stack Cosmetics, which has been a success for you right out the gate. Can you walk us through your process for launching that brand? Yes, yeah, so... I, you, you quoted or told, told or mentioned the fact that I, I, my position that the world did not need another beauty product. That's where I was. Yep. So in my, in my, in my 11 years of running beauty stat, the blog, all my friends would ask me, Ron, you're so creative. You're always developing products and, 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 and services and, and, You've always been in the forefront. Why not a product? And I would always say, the world does not need another beauty product. So keep keep in mind, during this 11 years, I, I became a, because I left working as a cosmetic chemist for a lot of big brands, and then I went independent, I became a go-to cosmetic chemist for a lot of beauty magazines. Mm. So, I, so I became a resident beauty expert for Allure mm -hmm. and a Refinery29. And... Really, every every month, every year, I'm quoted in some magazine or something. Believe it or not, more so now than 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 then back then. Believe it or not, but so I became this go-to. And one of the questions that kept coming up from beauty editors is about ingredient stability mm. and ingredient expiration dates. Mm -hmm. And vitamin C always came back to me, and I love the ingredient, but. A lot of insiders know that it's notoriously unstable. Yep. So that's what happened. That's what really made the vitamin C thing became, you know what? If we could stabilize it and deliver it in a product that really felt good and really delivered results, mm -hmm. that could be, I think, I thought that could be breakthrough. So working with my, 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 my former Estee Lauder colleague, worked on it for a couple of years, as a side project, then it, it became you know we got patents issued. Mm -hmm. We decided to spend and put, and put it put the product on an independent clinical test, and it was after the results came back from that test that were spectacular. Wow! That prompted me to immediately say, "Now we have the basis for launching a brand. This satisfies a big need gap." This is a breakthrough. The consumer needs this. And that's what changed my mind and launched 
Beauty Stat Cosmetics with our with our vitamin C serum, which is Beauty Stat Universal C Skin Refiner. Which again, let me remind you guys, is the best vitamin C serum currently on the market. Every expert <laughs> agrees. Um, I love that you mentioned that this was a side project for for a few years. Was it a side project because of internal resistance about your stance that we don't need another beauty product, or you know, was it were you battling with that? Uh, or were you just waiting for for something to to like really just push you forward? Well, I, I'm I'm a chemist scientist, so I, I need I need proof. I need results. Mm, mm-hmm. So so the I wasn't I wasn't emotional about oh I really love this you know I'm, I'm going to consumers are going going to I need to, I need a proof I need validation and yeah. that's 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 been the the I think that's been one of the secrets to our success is that it wasn't that I I came from the industry I've seen it all I've done it all before it's mm-hmm. only because I have I have I had third party validation you know, independent mm-hmm. clinical testing pat, patents issued showing that our that our technology no one else has it we were granted patents uh, on that. That's what prompted me. So I, so I needed that. That's why it was, it was, it was something I was tinkering around as a side project until mm-hmm. I got, until I got outside. Validation. Have you, you know, like you said, you, you've done this, you've created award-winning products before for larger brands. You know, you can create products in your sleep. It's safe to say. Were, but when you created uh, your first product, the vitamin C serum, were you surprised by the response from the media industry, consumers? I have to say, Sakia, I was. Wow. I was. I, I really, I, I did not know, and, and this has only been a year. We've only been in market just about a year now. Wow. So this the response has been tremendous. And, and when I say a year, the first three months, it was, it was quiet. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it was only, it's really only in the, in the last nine months that it really snowballed with launching into retail, like mm. becoming a, a bestseller at Violet Gray, becoming a bestseller at QVC and being on air and, and, and sharing my story and sharing more information about the product with, with viewers there. And, and, and now, I can't I can't say exactly, but we are launching into three major retailers within the next two months, as well as wow. launching in the UK. That is fantastic! Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. It's 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 amazing. So this is this is a real, it's a real change to to the business, and I think a part of it. I, I do need to, to, to tell you that part of it is because, you know, we've, I've, I've been talking to those retailers that we're going to go into for a while now, mm-hmm. but the, the climate we are in where, where retailers, brands, businesses are recognizing that. The disparity. The disparity. On shelves and, on, yep. Mm-hmm. On, on, on vendor, vendor relations, partners, yep. everything, that we've been fast-tracked. Wow. Wow. That is, it's, it sucks that this had to be the moment to cause that. But again, what we know to be true is that there has, excellence has always existed (laughs) in in our spaces. We've always created excellent products, excellent services, excellent businesses. It's just now that, you know, everyone else is, they, they can't, they can no longer ignore us. So I'm, I'm so proud that this is happening for you. Like, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm so happy about this as well. And I said, and I mentioned that roller coaster of being, you know, did it, why did it take all, all of these, all of these injustices to now create some, some really good things for my company. Uh, the, I, as long as I know that I can give back and I can yes. make sure that I can help, help others. And now I'm, I'm you know, in a position where people are, are reaching out, I want to help and connect and do whatever I can do to help others, to help them get and exceed. You know, I, I want I want to just pave the way. Let the yeah. I can't wait for the next for the next super brand 
uh, led by a person of color to just go in there and not even have to wait. They could basically, yes. they could become that, that overnight success right. and, 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 and take us all to, to new levels. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, that is, that's fantastic. And I, it's so interesting that you talk about this kind of rocket ship that's happening for your business lately and over the last nine months. What has your transition from chemist, industry resource to beauty brand C- CEO been like for you? Interesting. It's, I, I've had to tap into, tap into more more aspects of myself that I that I never had to tap into, like QVC, for example. Mm-hmm. I had to learn. I, I call myself QVC trained now because I've had to learn to engage with a camera and get my message across because I only have a few minutes mm-hmm. and engage with my host. So that's another aspect that I, I've had to learn. I, a lot of brands and retailers have been asking me now for, for video footage. So mm. another thing they're doing is now they're going live. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you if, 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 if your viewers might want to know, uh, Violet Gray is one of our retail partners. Mm-hmm. They, they're going live tomorrow with me tomorrow. They're going to be talking about, they're going to have featuring me on video talking about the brand. Wow. So that's going live live tomorrow. So they've asked me to create footage for that. So mm-hmm. that's another thing that I've had to tap into. So that's a, so didn't know when I started the brand, I didn't know how much me being the face and spokesperson was 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 going to happen. I really thought that I'd be more in the background, more of the chemist in the background, mm-hmm. and I'd be you know perhaps you know launching you know launching or advertising. And working with influencers, right? And what happened is that you're the influencer. I'm, I'm an influencer. What ha- that's what happened. What happened is that every time I, st- st- you know, stepped up and became went in front of the camera, then then it resonated. People, mm. so so I didn't I didn't expect it, mm-hmm. and now that's become part part of part of the job. And it and it's fine. I I, I do. I, I do I do like it. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather curl up and just be <laughs> computer. Yes. But but, but it, it's 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 forced me to, to now do it and now I, I do enjoy that. So that's 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 another that's another change. Another change I, I do have to say is that you know right now we're I have a very small team. Yes. We are working hard. I mean mm-hmm. it's emails, the follow-up. The forms, you know, getting into retailers. You have yeah. to think, okay, here are your onboarding documents. You know, fifty pages. Fill it, you know, so it's that type. It's that type of work, which is it's very detailed. It's a lot. It's volume, mm-hmm. and and so I'm I'm now having to to be able have to have to now keep my team motivated yeah. and let them know that this is you know this is for the business. This is a great this is a great thing. So it's motivational. And HR has become another another role I've had to take mm-hmm. on as, as we grow. We're only there's only four of us. Wow. And and just now because I mean that that will change soon because you guys are on a rocket ship and you're about to be out of here, which is so amazing. And I love that you talked about you know, your natural inclination is to curl up. And I relate to that so much. I would much rather just be, you know, behind the scenes doing excellent work, but more and more the work calls for our presence. It calls for us to leverage our expertise. And, you know, that's something that I have to get used to. And and it's refreshing to hear you say that you now enjoy it. I do. And it's so necessary, especially there's so many brands out there. What's Mm -hmm. different about the brands is if, if what's really unique. Yeah. We have, we have a unique technology. We have patents and and everything. What's really unique is who's the founder. Exactly. Who, who is behind it? What's their story? That's Mm -hmm. become, that's become more of the compelling uh, message. And that's what consumers are buying into a lot of times when they're, especially when they're buying something sight unseen. It's like, okay, we've listened to Ron for years. We know that he's going to tell us the truth. So I'll at least give it a shot. 
So that's definitely a compelling story. What yeah. I want to, you know, as we start to, to wrap up, I just want to talk about the renaissance that's happening in the beauty space. The natural hair market experienced a renaissance over the last 10 to 15 years with an increase in the number of highly regarded Black-owned brands hitting the scene in retail shelves. And I believe that we're at the very beginning of a much-needed renaissance for Black-owned brands in the skincare market, especially now that you're a part of it. Why do you think it took so long? Oh, it's simple. The, the past few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. It's it's that. It's literal. It's literally on the f- the flip of a coin. Wow! You go to any ma- major mainstream beauty magazine, whether it's a Allure, Harper's. Oh my goodness! Or, more black people, more people of color than I've ever seen. Than have you ever years. seen? Like you, like you, like all of a sudden, like constantly. You go, you go to the website now. You go to any of those wow. websites now. All color. You would think that they've always been covering women of color. Like, listen, all- <laughs> listen. absolutely, and that's that's so interesting. And I think we saw that kind of change happen when Rihanna launched Fenty with the extended shade range, and it's like, yeah. oh, now every brand wants to do that. But we still are at the precipice of that happening in skincare. And there are a lot of direct-to-consumer brands, skincare brands launching um, on Instagram. And so I think that the tide is definitely changing. And like you said, the events of the last few weeks are definitely going to accelerate that change. And I am excited to see who and what comes out of that. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to start their own skincare brand, but doesn't know what to do first? My advice, please have a unique selling proposition, Mm -hmm. critical. If you have something proprietary that no one else has, even better. That's great advice because you you know, everyone is looking around, but what's, what is something we are missing? Oh, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could, could, could take, that's, that's our next product launch. Okay. Okay, cool. He's, he's not going to give away the goods. Yeah. Um, so if so, but, so someone with the idea, like what, how do they find a formulator? Like where, where do they go? Okay. If they're, if they, if they have an idea and they're not a formulator, there are private label manufacturers that mm-hmm. will, that will sign an NDA that, you know, for cost work on your idea commercialize it you know produce it and you will own it mm-hmm. so that's okay. that's the that's the route you can take but so the, so the two things I, I i ask do you have a unique proposition mm-hmm. and two what's your plan to get it what's your plan to get it to market meaning how do you plan to sell it what channels are do you have do you have an e-commerce strategy in place? Do you have a retail partner in place? Do you have what? What are your means to get it out there? Because and and what happens is that when I ask those two questions, I get I stop people in their tracks. Like I I I don't want to say I kind of burst their bubble a little bit because mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't they didn't expect that that's what they that that that's what they would need to have a plan in place. Right. They often feel that just the great idea itself that people will come. Mm. <laughs> We've all heard that, and that is not the case. Not Customers will come, retailers will come, because the idea is just so great that literally an email, a phone call is going to sell it in. And that's, that's, that is not the case at all. So you have to have a plan. Part of your plan is not just the product, but also how do you plan to sell it? Where do you want, want to sell it? And... That has people going back to okay, thank you, Ron. Let me now go back and work out what what that looks like. And then the other, and the, the, the the third thing is also, you know, how much you know what you know. There are minimum order quantities for a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. so you think you have an idea, and you think that you could just go and you know get a few hundred, a couple hundred of them, and then you could start, you know, testing it out and getting you know getting feedback and it doesn't work that way. Or, you know, it's, it can be very, very expensive to just order just 200 pieces of something. Mm-hmm. You need to be in the 1,000s, 5,000, 10,000 quantity. And then it becomes a lot bigger, bigger expense. Right. So those are, the, those are the three questions I ask that gets, you know, other entrepreneurs to really think hard about 
how can I really do this? Right. And some of them go back. Some of them take the advice and go back and then they come back to me and say, Ron, hey, I figured it out. I got this. And they're like, fantastic. Okay, so here's how I can help you with getting to the next step. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up, a couple of things I would be remiss not to ask you. (laughs) What is one thing that skincare enthusiasts should know or look out for when shopping for beauty products? One thing I advise, and I advise this to consumers as well as beauty editors that I talk to, Look for look for tests. Look for clinical testing. Mm. It's it's an extra step. It's an expense, but you're worth it. You're worth you're worth buying a brand that has clinical that has that has taken the time, the money, and effort to test their products with a third product a third party to make sure that they do indeed deliver uh, great results. That's a great answer and great insight. So the next quick fire question is, there's a lot of conflicting thoughts out there on the proper skin cleansing routine and what products one should use and at which step in the process. What are your skin cleansing steps that you swear by? I, I, I have normal to oily skin and mm-hmm. I, I do prefer a, form, a, a foaming cleanser. And... What's great about cleansers is that you know you know very quickly. It's one use, and you know whether or not you like it, and, and it does the job. Mm-hmm. So, twice, cleanse twice a day, morning and morning and night. It's an important. It's a very important step. It sets it sets you for your your skincare to follow. Gets your skin ready uh, to best prep to to receive the skincare to follow. And test based on skin type. You know, test make sure you 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 try a cleanser. It's based on your skin type and texture that that's really going to give you the best uh, cleansing. And tw- always twice a day. Don't okay. Forget, don't, don't, don't forget. Don't forget before bedtime. Yes, and sometimes I'm I'm not gonna say I do it. I do it. <laughs> I skip that second cleanse, um, or I'm not as thorough, and I know that I need to get back on it. But the last question is, what is your best tip for improving skin health? My best tip. Aside from cleansing, I'm a big I'm a big advocate of, of cleansing twice a day. Mm-hmm. Use a moisturizer sun, with sunscreen during the day, even people of color. Even people of color. So that's my advice: cleansing, sunscreen, and if you if you are an enthusiast, please use a good vitamin C serum. We happen to have a great one. Yes, you have the best one. We can say that. Yes. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It has truly been a joy uh, in a full circle moment for me as well. And I'm happy that I got to share just how much your early referral um, changed the trajectory in my career. And it's it's just a pleasure to watch you evolve yet again and hit a home run, another one. So thank you. Thank you, Sakita. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sakita Method podcast. If you are somebody who has or wants to start a beauty brand or a consumer product brand, then Ron is someone that you definitely want to follow and get to know. His Instagram is Ron Robinson Cosmetic Chemist, all one word. And you can follow his company, Beautystat, B-E-A-U-T-Y-S-T-A-T. If you love this episode and you're talking about it online, please use the hashtag The Sakita Method and tag me at Miss Success on both Instagram and Twitter so that I can see it. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a review.